Hey, how you doing? Brian Kane, host of the Baseball Mental Performance Mastery Podcast with Kane and Casey. And super excited that you're going to join Sean, the mayor, Casey, and I to talk about mental performance in baseball on this podcast. Now, the first seven episodes, you're going to hear me refer to this podcast as Coffee with Kane and Casey. And that was kind of the name that we gave it when we first got started. And then as we were going through it, we kind of came to the realization that yeah, we're having coffee as we do it, but we're always talking about baseball mental performance mastery. So let's just call it what it is. Baseball mental performance mastery with Kane and Casey. We talk about the mental game and what you can do both on and off the field to level up and play your best when it means the most. We talk about routines, process, mindset, competing one pitch at a time, and you get to hear from one of baseball's best hitters. Sean is a lifetime 300 hitter and current analyst for the MLB Network, so we bring on different guests that are playing in Major League Baseball, guests that Sean played with, they're some of the greats of Major League Baseball, and we talk about all things baseball mental performance mastery. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to be on the show with us, you can email me, brian at briancane.com, or if you head over to the No Filter Network, just Google No Filter Network, and when you go there, click on Hosts, click on Brian Kane, and we can get you a ticket to come on the show, and you can be a part of Baseball Mental Performance Mastery with Kane and Casey. Let's get to it and dominate the day. What's going on, Case? Oh, man, I'm up in Jersey. I'm uh, doing some MLB Network stuff this week, and uh and I just got great. I just I just rode the Peloton a little bit. I know you should do that a little thirty minutes. I did. I I call it the energy bike. You know, I gotta get my I get on the energy bike. It just like it, it jacks you up. You know, what I mean, it gets gets the gets the blood flowing. So, good morning, man. As they say, man, motion creates emotion. Movement changes moods, and action changes attitudes. Case. So when you get on yes. the Peloton, that's an investment. And I think one of the best investments that you can make is an investment in yourself and into your energy. Right. I mean, if I'm gonna. I'm going to spend money on something. It's going to be on a way for me to connect with the world through technology and improving that, or it's going to be an investment in myself. And I think that's the best investment you can make. That is the truth, brother. That is the truth. I love it. I love it. Speaking speaking about making investments, we got some people who are joining us here today. Uh, If you would open up the chat, please, and let us know who's with us today with coffee with Kane and Casey, where you're from, and any questions that you have for the mayor himself or for myself. Please go ahead and post those in the chat. Let us know where you're coming in from. And obviously today, Case, you know, we had a little week, one one week hiatus last week. I missed you. But we were uh, gonna we're gonna watch the Belichick and Nick Saban Art of Coaching documentary that was on HBO. And man, I I I have not stopped talking about it since I watched it. And I know you've watched it and there's some great takeaways. So why don't we open up with that, man? What did you get out of the Art of Coaching HBO documentary about Nick Saban and Bill Belichick? Well, you know what? It was awesome. I've watched it. It was the second time I watched it. I took notes on it this time. And, uh, you know, I just love at the beginning when they talked about talking about climbing the mountain, you know, you try to climb the mountain and you become the mountain. And, and then, you know, Belichick was talking about, yeah. And once you become the mountain, you ask yourself, how can I get even better? You know, and I, their mentalities and where they're both from, their relationship that they've had, you know, it's no coincidence. They, you know, that Saban's won six national championships. Belichick's won six Super Bowls. You know, these guys. And, and I, the other thing I loved, Kaner, was Saban talking about how he made, he, um, at Kent State, he minored, uh, in, in sports psychology, which I thought was great. You know what I mean? Like you can tell that every team he's gone to, you know, he's challenging guys, like to, with different choices that they make and challenging with all that stuff he's, he's learned. So. I, I just thought that was so awesome. And it reminded me of, I don't know if you know him, but Skip Bertman 
you know, back when with 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 LSU, I remember Todd Walker telling me when I played with him in Cincinnati, like, man, Skip Urban was a master of at the mental game of just really getting us prepared, you know, to play that way. And it, it reminded me that when I saw Saban at LSU, I was thinking about Skip Urban. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned Skip Bertman case because uh, Skip Bertman and I did a project together called Winning the Big One. And Skip was heavily influenced by my mentor, Ken Revisa. He used to work with Skip with the Olympic team. I think when they did the Olympics in Atlanta, I want to say it was, what, 88 or 86, I think. Uh, yeah. I can't exactly remember the year, but yeah. Ken, it was 88. 88. Ken worked with Skip Bertman and that Olympic team. And I'll have to send you Skip's program. It's called Winning the Big One. Anybody who's on this call today, Send me a personal email, brian at briancane.com, and I will send you winning the big one with Skip Bertman about motivation and teamwork. And I probably have watched that a hundred times since I found it when I went to Cal State Fullerton in 2001. I remember walking into Coach Horton's office, the baseball coach at Fullerton at the time, you know, VHS tape, Skip Bertman winning the big one. I said, Coach, can I borrow that? And I must have gone back and watched that every morning on a treadmill for like three months until I basically memorized it. So, so Skip. It was interesting. I had a, uh, I was at, I was at LSU with Ole Miss baseball and we were in, and it was the time where they were dedicating the field to Skip Bergman. And I had a chance to sit down with Skip for an entire game. We sat in the umpire's locker room and him and I broke it down. The Ole Miss baseball coach, Mike Bianco played for Skip, worked with Skip at LSU. So he's like, Ryan, I know how much this would mean to you and your career. Why don't you sit with Skip for the game? You don't have to work with the team, just learn from Skip and share with the team what you got. And I'm like forever indebted for that, you know? And wow. uh, I, remember sitting, I remember sitting there with him and he said, you know, he said, you know, everything because he talked about Saban and, and Les Miles, right? He hired both of those guys when he was the athletic director at LSU. I said, oh, wow. Yeah. I said, both of those guys won national championships. What's the difference between Saban, who continues to win everywhere, and, and Les Miles or other coaches? And he said, Brian, Nick Saban is the most detail-oriented guy. And you can make a decision because every other coach needs to wait on decisions. You know what happens when they wait on decisions? They don't make decisions. He said, in, he goes, your decisions determine your destiny. And he said, no decision is a decision. Saban makes decisions and he moves forward and he pays attention to detail. He goes, and he said, he's a lot like I was when I coached. And if, if you can be like Skip Bertman, you should. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I love that. Your decisions determine your destiny. That is so good. That is so good. That's one thing with Saban, too. When you watch that, you're like, man, this guy's the leader, no doubt about it. This guy's running the ship, no doubt about it. This guy's calling the shots, no doubt about it. And what I, the other thing I love, too, is that how they worked off each other. Like when, when, when Saban came with Belichick in Cleveland, he said, you know, Belichick let us do our jobs. You know, I was a defensive coordinator. Bam, I, he let me do my job, as with every other coach. And I think Saban does a great job of bringing the guys in that he wants empowering them and then letting them do their job. I thought that was also a, a you know a part that I really liked. You know, I thought it was neat with that too is how he said how how infrequently people know what their job is. You know, when he said when I coached with Belichick in Cleveland, I knew exactly what my job was. And he goes, there's a lot of places where you go and you don't know what your job is. And I see that. I see that with the programs I work with where they don't they can't identify their culture. They don't necessarily know what their job is. They don't have that clear track as to what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that correct? The clarity of what you really want to do. I, I, that's, that's the, you know, you know, if you go back to hitting, I was, we were talking about this a couple weeks ago, just like the intention of what you're doing, what you, what's your job when you show up in the batting cage today? What's your job when you show up in the weight room? What's your job when you show up on the mound when you show up to take ground balls? I mean, as simple as that, like what's your intention for the day? Are you just there 
aim, uh, you're just there because you're there to hit 400 baseballs, or you're there to hit 40 intentional baseballs to left center in the corner of the cage, you know, and you're not going to leave until you do it. You know what I mean? It's like that. What, what's your what's your role? What's your job that day? Yeah, you're so so great. I love that. You know, I remember I remember watching Revisa walk up and down the cages, and we you know, Cal State Fullerton or UCLA when I was observing him working with those teams. <laughs> It's a mental game, but he'd always be asking, like, hey, what are you working on? They'd be like, hitting. And he's like, huh, that ain't <laughs> <laughs> you, gotta, you, gotta get, you gotta get more details with it. And you know, it was amazing, uh, Case, as, as we're watching this, my wife, my wife was pissed at me because I'm like, every 30 seconds, I go, rewind. And she finally throws the remote at me and she's like, I'm going to bed. I can't take six hours to watch this thing. <laughs> as I was taking notes on it. One of the things that they said, right, were four fundamentals. And I'm going to post this in the chat here. Four fundamentals that great players play with. One, they play with discipline. Two, they get best effort every play. Three, they pay attention to detail. Four, they prepare the right way. And I just thought, okay, play with discipline, best effort, pay attention to detail, prepare the right way. And I thought how easy that sounds to do, yet how difficult that can be for some people. And they unpack it later on where one of my favorite quotes from the whole thing is – when, when Saban says, talent is your greatest nemesis when it comes to your mindset. He says, especially for the young guys, because once you get to Alabama or in your case, you know, you get to the major leagues, wherever it is, now you got to compete. Now you got to pay attention to detail. And a lot of them don't know how. Let me say that again. Talent is your greatest nemesis when it comes to your mindset, because now you got to compete. You got to pay attention to detail and you don't know how. Which, which, what's your take on that? Oh, man, is that... <clears throat> that is so good. I always tell guys, I remember I remember going to uh, a couple of years ago, well, for, for the last few years, I would, I would go down with the Toronto Blue Jays and be a coach. And the one time, uh, Ross Atkins was like, hey, could you talk to the minor leaguers? And I said, yeah, I'd, I'd love to. And, uh, you know, we went down there and um, uh, to talk to the minor leaguers. And so Bo Bichette's there, Vlad, these guys are all in the minor leagues. All these guys, young kids, you can tell there's some studs there too, right? And my point was, if I, you know, you talk about talk about the talent, your greatest it, it, it is your greatest. What does it say? Your greatest nemesis. Talent is your greatest nemesis when it comes to your mindset. This is what's so great, man. This this it works out perfect for this story. <clears throat> so I go and talk to these guys. I got all of them. There's there's you know six levels of the minors. They're all there, right? It's amazing when when you think, man, thirty teams have this many minor leaguers. To big leaguers, right? It's it's unbelievable. <clears throat> so I'm there and I'm like, listen, I go, guys, I go, what's crazy is I said, I'm going to bring my family tomorrow to come out here. I'm going to bring my mom, my dad, my kids, my aunts, my uncles. I'm bringing 30 family members. And I'm going to bring all you guys over to big league camp. We're going to have the big leaguers. We'll have all you guys. Boom. And my family's going to watch. I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to give you $500,000 if you could tell me who the big leaguers are. So, boom, here we go. Everyone's in there. Every hitter hits the ball 400 feet, right? Every hitter can go right center, left center, right? Every Now we're going to run. Every 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 guy can run. Every guy can throw. Every guy can field. Every guy's a great athlete. And at the end of it, I'm going to say, hey, mom, dad, who are the big leaguers? And they're not going to be able to tell me. They're going to say, you know what? Everyone looks the same. And that's and that's why I told these guys. I said, why are 95% of you, you guys not going to play one day in the big leagues? 95% of you are not going to play one day in the big leagues. And my family has no idea who the big leaguers are or the minor leaguers. They have no idea. And I said, what happens is everyone's talented, right? 
And you guys are all talented. No one can tell. No one can tell you guys apart. You're all talented. I said, but that's talent, right? Here's talent. All you guys, 100%. Big leaguers, minor leaguers all have it, right? But I said, the big leaguers take the mindset and they collide it with the talent. And they're able to go one pitch at a time, night in and night out for 162 games, 600 some play appearances, all those ground balls. And they're able to do it and repeat it and be consistent and find a positive mentality that keeps them going, have a process that they go through every day, every day, to focus on the task at hand. That's the only difference between you guys that 95% of you won't play a day in the big leagues and these guys that are playing 10, 12, 15 years in the big leagues because their mindset matches their talent. And that's the biggest thing. You have the talent, but the mindset's got to match the talent to get to the top of the mountain. Love that. Love that, man. So good. It's amazing that you couldn't tell the difference between all those, all those guys in the major leaguers and the minor leaguers, you know, and it's, uh, it's interesting. One of the things that they say in this documentary, right, is Saban talks about how one of his primary jobs is having to motivate these talented guys every day. He's got to get in their ass to motivate them to do the work that they need to do. Right. And then he, and then he says, but nobody has to motivate the tiger. He says the tiger just hunts. The tiger wakes up in the morning and hunts. The tiger wakes up and gets after it. He doesn't have to motivate the tiger. And I like to use the, 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 what I call the law of the jungle. I know uh, Coach Allen, who's with us here today, head coach of the Lionville Lightning 18U, one of the top, top softball programs in, in the nation. And, you know, one of the things that we talk about the law of the jungle, right, is the tallest animal in the jungle is the giraffe. We know that. The strongest animal in the jungle is is the elephant that can rip trees out of the ground with its trunk, right? Roots and all. The fastest animal in the jungle is the cheetah. Well, why do they call the lion the king of the jungle? They call the lion the king of the jungle because it hunts. They call the lion the king of the jungle because it attacks. They call the lion the king of the jungle because no one has to motivate the lion. It's going to go do what it does. You know, it's, it's going to go hunt. It's going to stalk its prey. And it's going to have a mission and a target that it's going to hit or it's going to die trying. What do you got on that case? Where'd your motivation come from when you were playing, man? Because you played for a long time on a high level. Yeah, yeah, that's so good, bro. That's so good. Uh, to expand on that really quick, Kane, before I answer your question, I was I was talking to some guys the other day. I was watching this uh, this this show it was on HBO, I believe, and it was the first time uh, I can't remember what's called something about our planet or whatever. But it was the first time they took night vision camera. And they they had it like the, the night vision camera, and they and they were like, uh, uh, "This is fifty percent of the of the animals are out at night doing stuff, right?" So that so it was crazy, Kana. The night vision cameras made it look like daytime, so it was really cool. And out came the lion, right that night, right. And the lion comes out to hunt. And I was t- I was talking to my hitters the other day at practice about about you know a couple guys are in the cage, they're like this, right. They're all ready to go. And, and I said, this works for soft toss and everything. But I said, have you ever watched the lion hunt? When the lion hunts, it comes up and it, it stops for a second. And it looks it looks relaxed. Like it's about, and then bam, it, and it hits its target, right? It, it takes off and it, it, and it gets it gets its prey, right? And I, it was amazing to watch the lion hunt because the way the lion hunts, right? That's why the lion's the lion. Because the way the lion comes up on you, sees its prey, Comes in, comes in nice and relaxed, and then pounces. I always talked about that about hitting. Like, man, that's that you gotta have that feeling of like nice and relaxed, like the snake, and then pounce, right? So I don't know. I just I just had that to some of my students the other day talking about hitting. But man, my my motivation was 
I had a lot of different motivations, but my, my part of my motivation was I just I just wanted to I was so grateful for the talents that I knew that I had. I had coordination and all that stuff. And I, I really was, there was a lot of motivating factors, um, you know, for me was, you know, one of the biggest factors was like the gifts I believe I was given, given from God or whatever. I wanted to use them. I, I didn't want to waste them. I didn't want to, I didn't want to look, look back and be like, man, I got all these gifts, but I just didn't do anything with them. I wanted, a part of my motivation was no, thank you. I see it. I'm appreciative of it. I'm going to go get it, right? I'm going to every day, I'm going to put in the work and the time to develop them as far as I could. I didn't know I was going to play 11 years in the big leagues, but I did. But my motivation was, man, be grateful for what you have and go develop those gifts. That was a big part of my motivation. Another part of my motivation was, you know, to to prove to myself that, you know, uh, I just enjoyed it. I had a passion for the game and, and to prove to myself that I could continue to get better and continue to grow. And then my, my motivation as I, as I, as I, as I grew, you know, in high school and college and was my teammates, you know, showing up for those guys every day, like whatever it took to help the team win, to do my job and to do it better. And that was one thing on the Saban Belichick thing I love is do your job. Right. Belichick talk, do your job. Save it. Come on, just do your job. And I love when Belichick got the guys together the one time and he's sitting down on the bench and he has those guys. He's like, come on, guys. We're trying to make the big play. We're trying to do too much. Just do your job. Stay in your lane. If you've got to block a guy, block him. If you're the pulling guard, pull. If you're the running back, hit the hole. If you're the quarterback, do whatever you got to do. See the defense. But everyone do their job and we'll be okay. I love how he simplified it because I believe that simplification at times, one play at a time. If everyone does their job, we're going to be really good. And I just, I love that. I love that so much. That team mentality of do your job, we'll be a great team. Don't try and do someone else's job, you know, along the way. And if you can, and, and, and for baseball, I'll be like this. If I'm a three, four, five hitter, drive in the runs. I'm a one, two hitter, get on base, right? You know, down the line of, of the guys that just do your job and do it well. Uh, and, and, uh, I mean, it's basically control what you can control. You're saying say right. it a little bit differently, right? Stay in your lane, yeah. do your job, control what you can control. And, you know, I think that's such a fundamental truth for any sport, you know, and, and whether it's baseball, football, or just life in general. I mean, you have to control the things that you can control. You know, I can't control what happens when I get to the airport. I can't control how many people are going to be here, where they're going to be, but I can control if I get here early enough to find a place, you know, and then I can control how, how you prepare for a call so the call is efficient and ready to go as I got lost on one half of the screen, my notes on the other. Uh, I know we've got some people in the chat here. And if you're interested in joining uh, the mayor and I, just go ahead and not hit the knock button and we'll pull you in and you can join us live. You know, Sean, one of the things that uh, you mentioned, and I, and I, I kind of put it into my words here because I couldn't exactly capture what you said, uh, was, was the purpose of life is to develop your gifts. The meaning of life is to give those gifts away. And I think when we look at the purpose of your life is to develop your gifts, to develop your talents, to be grateful for what you have and to go to work to develop those gifts. But the meaning of life is to give those gifts away, to inspire those other people, to give those other people. And I think that's part of what I love about you and this opportunity with No Filter is to be able to take the experiences we've had and give them to coaches like Coach Allen, who's with us here today, who's going to be able to take some of this wisdom that you're sharing and impart it onto his players and you know, you're literally cascading that information and experience now, which I think is, is so cool. I, I agree, man. I, I, I just, I, I feel like, you know, as the experiences that we've had, Kaner, I love sharing them with people. I love sharing them with coaches. I love sharing them with players. 
I know for me being on MLB Network, it's it, it, you're, for me. I'm able to sometimes share it on a on a you know a, 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 on a national audience with that too, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, you're right, man. Service work, like paying it forward. Uh, you know, really, the, the, I think that at the end of the day, that's the meaning of life. Like, you know, are you affecting other people? Are are you making the world a better place? And I think the cool thing about you know the experiences that we've had is I I, I tell my kids who are you know, well, can or 19 and 17. I was like, you know, at the end of the day, you can't teach experience. You know, sometimes you got to go through the shadows to get to the light. Like you have to actually go through tough things and keep going. Like you, you, when, when that wall comes, like there's gold on the other side. 99% of people go, you know what? The wall's too thick. You know, just keep chipping away and there's gold on the other side. But it takes a little gumption, right? It takes a little oomph to, you know, to keep going, to keep to, to perseverance, to to kind of get through it. So, you know, I, I, I love what you said, man. The meaning of life is, you know, give your gifts away. And I'm very, very grateful at this stage of my life on the second mountain that I'm able to pass along some of the knowledge that I've, that I've gained. Yeah, I, I love that. And you know, to play off of that, there's two types of experience, right? There's what we call expensive experience and inexpensive experience. And right. expensive experience is going through the fight on your own, going through the trials and tribulations and, and getting the scars yourself. Inexpensive experience is learning from a guy who's an 11 year big leaguer, whether it's you, whether it's Eric Burns, you know, whether it's somebody who myself who never played a day in the big leagues, but has worked with a lot of guys who have, and can kind of synthesize and summarize the commonalities of their experiences to help speed up someone's learning curve. And I still think as much inexpensive and what my message to, to the young people and the coaches on this call is our job as coaches is to provide as much inexpensive experience to the people who we guide and we lead as possible so that they have the best chance for success. And their responsibility is to listen and take and implement that inexpensive experience to speed up their learning curve and speed up their success. However, I still think at some level, they have to take some punches. They have to fail. They have to deal with the adversity in order to grow. Because like you said, there is no, there is no substitute for personal experience, but really close would be learning from other people. <laughs> No, it's so that's so true, and I and I think it's it, you know when you talk about that, I think if you really when you start to get results you don't like, you know, I I get results you don't like, like, but the the, the results are kind of like this, right? But the process is over here. Like if, if you can just if you can go into the process of what it takes every day to show up, you're gonna have good days. You're gonna have bad days. I used to tell myself when I was playing. I got to be able to ride the emotional wave. The emotional wave is coming. Hits are coming. Like, especially in a sport like baseball, you succeed, uh, you, you fail seven out of 10 times and you're a freaking superstar, right? You fail seven out of 10 times and you're progressing, you're fired, right? You're, you're gone. So, you know what I mean? Like, so you know, failure is built into the landscape in baseball. You got to be able to accept it. You got to be able to, to thrive in that. So I knew the emotional wave was coming. And, and at times in my, in my career, I wrote it. I wrote it wrong. I write it and like, man, I'm really, really good. All right, boom. And then I'm like, oh my god, I'm drowning. Like, oh my god, I'm good again. And like, I'm drowning. Like, it was. It's too much. So I, I learned over the years to ride the emotional wave. You know, like in the middle, like Kelly Slater would ride it. You know what I mean? Real nice. He's in the. He's in some tubes sometimes. Sometimes they're small waves. They're not great. Sometimes you get a big one. But if I stay steady, knowing that I'm never as good as I think I am, and I'm never as bad as I think I am, guess what? I'm going to be able to get through 162 with more consistency 
than if I'm really, really excited when I'm good and really excited when I'm and really, really depressed when I'm not. You just can't do it. You can't do it in life either. You're like, you're never as good as you think you are, never as bad as you think you are. Like, it's all good. What you're, what you're talking about there is taking a neutral mindset, right? And I think a lot of times if we take a coin and I'll have you know, the coaches on the call, you might want to use this with your team is if, if this is heads and this is tails and that's Joe Biden. But if this is heads, <laughs> this is the rim. And the rim is is neutral, right? It's not too positive. It's just like a negative. But it's not being positive. It's not being negative. It's staying neutral. And what that does is that provides consistency for you. But you have to remove the ego. And two things that came out of the Save and Belichick, right? One was high achievers. I posted this in the chat. But for the people here, if you open up the chat, you can see exactly what we're talking about. He said, high achievers don't like being around those who are mediocre and those who are mediocre don't like being around high achievers. And I've seen, I've seen that, you know, where uh, I think ego gets in the way and keeps you from, from wanting to be around other people. And I'll go right to TriStar Gym in Montreal with George, who we've talked about where when George would train, he would intentionally in Montreal, go train with the Olympic boxers, the Olympic judo practitioners, the Olympic wrestlers, the Olympic sprinters. He'd go train with, with, you know, Olympic athletes when he was lifting and he'd work with all those guys at the best. And he was the worst every time and when he stepped inside of mixed martial arts and had to put it all together. He was the best there's ever been. And I remember, I remember saying to people who at the time were ranked, you know, right where George was, or even a little bit higher. And one guy was, one guy specifically fought for a UFC championship before George. And I was working with both of them and I said, Hey, why don't you just do what he does? Like his path as a guy who doesn't know anything about martial arts, but has been around athletics. Like his path makes sense. His path is a path of development. And he said, man, in quote, man, I don't want to do what he's doing. I'm trying to create my own path. You know where he ended up? Where it's like, okay, well, sometimes, sometimes success leaves clues, man. And you got to pay attention. And I, the other thing that Saban and Belichick said I thought was so good is he said, losing can refocus a good team during a season. This was Belichick talking about when the Patriots were 17-0 and then lost the Super Bowl. He said, losing can refocus a good team during a season. He said, people respond better when things go poorly than when things go well. He says, it's human nature. And I love this part. He says, survival is more human nature than trying to be special good. What's your take on that wow. case in terms of how losing wow. can focus you and how high achievers are like being on those who are mediocre? Wow. I, I, I love all that. Um, I, I do agree with that too. I think, I think when you get hit in the mouth, that, that refocus you to say, okay, what can I do better? Like you, you like, Kane, I love what you say. Like you talk about, you know, um, you know, failures, positive feedback, right? Like, like, it, you know, it's, Hey, I get hit in the mouth. Am I going to go suck my thumb in the corner and be the victim? Or do I refocus and say, okay, I just got hit in the mouth. Like that didn't work. Whatever I was doing right there didn't work. Like I got to find a way to make some adjustments. You know, I, I, I love that thought process. And I also love what you said about the high achievers because was that, was that, was that St. Pierre you were talking about right there? No, the high achievers, that was Nick St. No, who, who, who was the UFC fighter you were talking about though? Yeah, St. Pierre, yeah. Yeah, Pierre is the greatest of all time. Go, going to going in with people that are great in a field to put the put it all together for mixed martial arts. For I think that's absolutely amazing. I know, I know. For me, like um, I, I think one of the things that popped into my head, um, we had this tennis ball machine in Cincinnati that threw like 
150 miles an hour. Edgar Martinez got it. And when Griffey came to Cincinnati, he brought it. And you get in there, you're like, Phew! you're like, oh my gosh, I've never seen anything like this. Just wham, you know? And it was like, okay, guys, let's get in there and see one, one, 120 or 130, whatever it is. And let's, let's make that a mark where we're like, okay, now if I see 95, 96 miles an hour, it doesn't look that crazy. Let me see if I can hit this 150. And guess what? You look bad doing it, man. You look bad doing it. Like you don't, you're cause you, you, you know, it's, it's tough to hit a ball coming that fast. You know what I mean? Like, so like you're going to look bad doing it at times. And I think that's the thing as a, when you get to that high achiever mentality, you're like, no, that's helping me grow. You're like, I don't care about looking bad. Sometimes you got to take those two steps, two steps back to take a big leap forward. You know, it, that's the truth. Like, so for me, the high achievers are always trying to find something new, right? Something to get better, some, you know, whatever it is. And I just, I love that mentality, that growth mindset, right? You know, the, the, the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset. Hey, this is just really working for me. I'm going to stick with it. Hey, this is working for me. How can I get better? Who can I find? And I love that you said Go find the guys that have already done it. Success leaves clues. Like, go find the guys that have done it and do what they did, right? Do do what they're doing to get to that that next level. So, I love the high achiever mindset, the growth mindset. Love that. Just typing up some notes here as we wrap up this episode of Coffee with Kane and Casey. Inexpensive versus expensive experience, you know. And one of the things there, um, I know the, the inside of the chat. I've got all the notes I took on the Belichick Saban documentary inside the chat. I put a link to my Google doc. I can see that coach Andrews is already on there or coach Allen, I should say is on there. So if you click on that link, you're going to go to my Google doc and then hit file, make a copy and you'll get all my notes from the Belichick Saban documentary case. Lots of goodness coming out today. I'm starting up a new eight 30, no filter show this morning called breakfast balls, feeding the one shot warrior. But we're going to talk specifically like you and I do about baseball and how it relates to golf or to life. We're going to talk about golf and how it relates to life breakfast balls which i take one on every first team no question even if i hit the great because of my next job, my next job might be my best one so balls, feeding the one shot warrior i think the biggest thing i took out of today uh to summarize i call it a tilt t-i-l-t and for the coaches on here you can finish your sessions with a tilt t-i-l-t today i learned that i think the thing that i learned today is that whether it's football baseball that success is success is uniform in terms of going across, you know, whether we're talking about Belichick or Saban or you as an 11 year major leaguer, it's, it's the same process that brings results. Case, okay, so but to summarize for us here in 30 seconds or less, number one takeaway for you today, man, I, I, I think I love what you said. What we talked about what Saban said, talent is your greatest nemesis when it comes to your mindset. I just love that right there. Like don't let your talent, you know, don't, don't let your ego be so big that your, that your mindset's not into the details and getting better and having that high achiever mindset. Love that. Love that. Well, hey, thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll catch you next week on another episode of Coffee with Kane and Casey. Dominate the day. Let's go. Thanks, everybody. Hey, thanks for checking out this podcast. This is Brian Kane, and I would love for you to leave us a review if you've enjoyed the show. I'd also love to engage with you directly on social media. So please reach out on Instagram or Twitter at Brian Kane Peak. And then make sure you head over to briancane.com and check out some of our articles on our blog, some of our videos. And if you're a coach looking to master mental performance and up your game so you can help your clients get the results they've been looking for, check out my Mental Performance Mastery Coaches Certification, where we teach you about the mindset, routines, and habits that your clients need to get the results they've been looking for. If you're an athlete or a performer listening to this podcast, 
head over to briancane.com and click on athletes. Check out my 30 days to mental performance mastery for athletes program where I walk you through and coach you virtually to help you master the mental game and give yourself the best chance for success. Thanks for being with us here on the podcast. Let's dominate the day.